Welcome to PHNX Suns. Uh, Lindsay and uh, Lindsay and Espo are actually in the gym working out their calves because uh, you know <laughs> we had to flex on them this weekend. So that's where they're at. They left us to our own devices today. It's Gerald. It's me. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this it. This is the first time I think you and I have been on a pod, just us two together. I think it is, which is kind of crazy because wow. we've been doing this for almost two years now. That is really nuts. That's really nuts. <laughs> hey, I'm excited to be here today. Um, this is our detox episode because good <laughs> Lord knows we need it yeah. after that Vegas <laughs> trip. And and to be honest, you know, not everybody can hang. And uh, unfortunately, Lindsay and Espo are a little under the weather today. So they're that's the real reason why they're not here. But we will hold down the fort and we will start... With uh, let's just talk about James Harden first, yeah, let's because do that. apparently there's a rumor going around that this James Harden thing is going to happen, mm-hmm. um, which I am not even two percent confident of. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Gambo had this tweet today that was basically smashing all the dreams of anybody that wanted James Harden to come back to ASU territory. Please stop bombarding me with these ridiculous <laughs> James Harden rumors, he said. I shot this down on June 9th, said 0% chance. I don't know who slash where these rumors are coming from. Maybe stop following these people. No chance. Never was a chance. Sons were never interested. So, Gerald, uh, yeah, I, I agree with this. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about the Suns were never interested part, but it, it makes sense now. Like, I don't think they have the assets to pull off a James Harden trade anyway even if they were interested. And at some point, like I, I know that we've gotten in this habit of like latching on to every disgruntled superstar is like, Oh, what if we added him? Like at a certain point you do need depth pieces and I'm sorry, but like DA and campaign is not getting, and you know, the three second rounders that you now have is not getting yeah. that trade done. Um, based on what I heard at summer league, like Philadelphia is content with just playing out the year with yeah. James Harden. It's not like he's the type of guy that's going to just, sit out and not show up or not play um so i i don't put a lot of stock in this we were kind of like taken aback while we were doing everything in vegas like james harden where did this come from and it just yeah. feels like an unsubstantiated rumor or someone trying to build themselves up for clout I, I like to think of myself as a very good lip reader mm-hmm. and uh i did see a conversation between james jones and um, I believe it was, oh, man, who was the guy next to him? Oh, no, it was actually uh, 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 Bartlestein. Oh, yeah, Josh. Uh, Josh Bartlestein. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, at no point in time did I ever read the lips on his lips, James Harden. So <laughs> yeah. take that for what it's worth. Uh, <laughs> there was a lot. Listen, at this point in time, as a Suns fan, the other thing about it is, like, we used to be excited, and this is no slight to Eric Gordon whatsoever, but mm-hmm. we used to get excited about like the potential of somebody like that joining our team. And now we have three super mega superstars mm-hmm. and uh, and we're talking about James Harden. We have come a long way in the last 12 years. We have. We're, we're spoiled now. We're, yeah. we, we cannot turn into the Lakers fans that are photoshopping every player under the sun in a Suns jersey. Yes. Yeah. No, let's stay away from that, please. <laughs> I'm, I have zero interest in that. Um, a lot of these rumors, obviously... Uh, there's another portion of these rumors, I should say, and that's obviously the relationship between Isaiah Thomas and the organization itself. Matt Ishbia came out pretty pretty solid today, uh, really debunking a lot of those ru- rumors, and you can see that article at AZ Central, uh, courtesy of Dwayne Rankin. But uh, he had this 
quote in that article said, I've asked for advice from a lot of people, specifically Tom Izzo, Isaiah Thomas, Mateen Cleaves, Charlie Bell. I talked to a lot of people, but honestly, on this situation, not one of the, the, those people were consulted on this decision. And he's regard he's uh, referencing the trade between CP3 and and uh, the uh, the Wizards at the time. I, I, again, uh, we've seen, listen, Gerald, you and I saw it firsthand this mm-hmm. weekend. Uh, we saw Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. Sitting courtside, right next to James Jones, mm-hmm. it's going to be very hard to separate the idea that Isaiah Thomas is somehow linked behind the scenes to this organization when you constantly see him around right. the organization. <laughs> right. But um, good on Matt for for debunking some of the myths that are going around, and really for Chris Paul kind of throwing somebody under the bus like that. Mm, that doesn't make him look any better either. It doesn't. I understand why he did it because he's so calculated and he is very petty. Um, so to be traded away from this team and now right when it gets Kevin Durant added next to Devin Booker, I can understand why he's a little salty about that. He, that's part of his DNA. Um, at the same time, like you said, it's going to be hard for people to take these words at face value as long as Isaiah Thomas is continually on the sidelines. But um, I'm going to take him for his word on this one that he was not involved directly in that decision. Um, Ishbia has been consistent from day one in terms of saying, because I was the one that asked him at his opening press conference about the Isaiah Thomas rumors. And he said, like, I have a lot, I know a lot of people on the basketball side of things. And I've always consulted people around me for advice. I've always turned to them for their input. Um, but when it comes to actually having a designated official role within the organization, that's just not what it is right now so um you know hopefully that is the case and that remains the way that it is but uh yeah he he's good friends with isaiah thomas he's literally on his board for his company so it's you know you're not going to see a lot of separation there i understand the the fear that a lot of people have in regards to isaiah thomas and them not wanting him to be a part of this organization in an official capacity Mm -hmm. um i to me honestly it doesn't really matter if it's official or unofficial, like he's got influence in the organization, I would say at a, at a, at a, at whatever level you think he does, I think there, it would be hard to assume that he doesn't have a marginal difference in terms of um, some of the persuasion that he can give. Um, again, I think James Jones uh, has not gotten as much credit as I think he should have mm-hmm. for the way he's constructed this roster. We heard a lot of things behind the scenes in terms of um, some decisions that they made that they decided to go away from or keep or whatever. And, um, um, James Jones was definitely very heavily involved in a lot of those decisions. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, I think, listen, I don't think it's it's ever too bad to have experienced people give you their two cents. And then as long as you were the ultimate decision maker, then I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he's the only guy in the room and the only one making the decisions, then that's a big deal. And I don't think that that's the situation here. Right. We, we've seen it before. Like you need to have people around you, whether it's a coaching staff, whether it's a front office, people who will challenge your thought process, who will challenge your ideas. Um, and I think the Suns are doing a good job of building that type of, of executive team, uh, despite the fact that they're obviously all on the same page. You know, you don't go out in free agency in the first 45 minutes and sign all the guys or agree to deals with all the guys that they did and have to turn some guys away because of it if you don't have a plan in place, if you're not all on the same page. So it's a new era for the Suns on and off the court. Um, it's pretty exciting. And I'm for the time being, until we're proven otherwise, I'm just going to take him at his word that he's not involved in an official capacity, even though we know that 
obviously off the court, Isaiah Thomas and him are close and they, he obviously has an influence on him. Absolutely. It's also a new era here at Phoenix, uh, at PHNX because we just signed a deal with bird dogs, mm-hmm. just so you know, yep. uh, and they got some of the most athletic shorts out there. Comfortable. They got some stretchy khaki shorts that, uh, you know, it kind of, they kind of look like Gerald's to be honest with mm-hmm. you. Um, they, I got black ones in the mail yesterday. I put them on last night. They yeah. feel amazing. Okay. Uh, definitely recommend. Uh, they're basically like Lululemon except better. Okay. In my opinion. So nice. take that for what it's worth. And you can get yourself a pair by going to birddogs.com slash PHNX or enter promo code PHNX for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash PHNX or promo code PHNX for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Uh, the Yeti tumbler, we got one of those as well. And it's uh, navy blue and it's, uh, it's choice. It's choice. Mm. Emma, did you not get one? Oh, I'm sorry, Emma. <laughs> you had to fill out the sheet. I don't get sent the sheets. Okay. Well, oh. I will change that. I will change that, Emma. I'm sorry. We left producer Emma out of that. Yeah. Um, also, uh, while most of you, you know, the, the phrase man cave to me is kind of outplayed uh, mm-hmm. because I've seen uh, couples caves. I've seen uh, guys and, and, and women uh, change their garage into a, like a, a workout space and all this other stuff, right? I think the, the word man cave is, is outdated. So, mm. uh, But one of the things that is never going to be outdated is Saturday Neon, and you can get yourself to style your room of choice by using Saturday Neon. Uh, it's a fantastic piece of uh, art, you could say. It's mm. a neon light, and uh, you can dim it. You can brighten it. It's fantastic. It's easy to use. You plug in, you play. Um, you can even set a timer to it. It works with Alexa. It's fantastic. So check yourself. Uh, you can get one of those by going to SaturdayNeon.com and use code PHNX for 10% off on your order today. Uh, free shipping for orders over $200. Uh, they have U of A lights for all of my U of A peeps. Unfortunately, they don't have ASU, um, mm. but that's because they have class and they have taste. That's terrible. I'm sorry, folks. It's brutal. You need uh, to hear it. But, you know, Harry. Uh, it's officially official, though. Mm. Josh Akogi. Yes. Officially officially mm-hmm. uh, member of the Phoenix Suns. And uh, that was uh, announced yesterday uh, by the Suns. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a chance to speak to Josh Akogi at Summer League. And it was the one and only time I let Gerald off the hook to do an interview myself. <laughs> uh, so take a listen as to why he's coming back. Well, one, uh, I'm going to start off and just say I'm really excited uh, to run things back, get things back going but on with the team, with the squad. Uh, for me, in the free agency, I was kind of looking more long-sided in terms of a team that I can grow with. And I felt like, you know, there was no better place for me than, you know, than Phoenix. And it really made it, you know, that much easier to know that you know, they were more, they were as excited in me as I was in them. And uh, they just wanted to foster a relationship going on, you know, going forward in my career. I think it's great to have Josh Kogi back in the in the fold. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already know that he's a knockdown three point shooter, or it was at points last season. Mm-hmm. You can actually see that full interview on our YouTube channel uh, later on today, yep. and or right after this uh, show. How about that? Yeah. So um, he was really engaging. Uh, he's excited to be back. Uh, towards the end of that interview, he was just like, "Man, I just can't wait to get started." You, you could see the excitement in his face. Mm-hmm. Uh, overall, good fit, good uh, good retainment by the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, no. It, it's good. He For the people asking why it took so long for him to officially re-sign, it was because I think he was traveling to Italy before this, and then he was in Vegas, so he's back in Phoenix now, was able to finally put pen to paper there. Um, but yeah, it, it's good to have him back, and it's like we've talked about before, 
the way that they signed him using non-bird rights means that they, with that second-year player option, means they were able to offer him a little bit more at the expense of Ishbia um, because with a typical vet minimum contract, the NBA reimburses you for part of that uh, beyond the what the designated cap hit is. Um, but in this case, because they used their non-bird rights to re-sign him, he got a little bit extra at the cost of Ishbia. So another example of how this owner is being aggressive mm -hmm. is willing to foot the bill for being aggressive, even though it comes with pretty hefty luxury tax implications. Um, and the interview is great for those of you who watch it right after our show is over. It'll be up. Um, there's a lot of good stuff in there, like him talking about working on his three-point shot and playing for a defensive-minded coach like Frank Vogel. Yeah. So it's going to be fascinating to see how Vogel uses him, whether he locks down that fifth starting job, whether he comes off the bench, what his role is going to be. Um, but if he can shoot the ball, the three ball at a better level than last year and bring that defense, he's it's going to be hard for Vogel to keep him out of that starting lineup. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> it's, it's kind of funny. You could tell a defensive player when you meet one because when, when I was talking to him about his three-point shooting, he was just like, yeah, you know, I, I'm continuing to work on it, whatever. And mm. then I mentioned Vogel in defense and his and his face lit up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was just like, and that's when he started getting really excited about, you know, talking about this team and the potential. Um, I just think that his versatility defensively, um, the way he gets after it, uh, the multiple positions that he can guard, because he's he's not a pushover on defense, even if he's mismatched down low, um, is is something that this team is desperately going to need, especially as you get through the wear and tear of the season. To me, Josh Kogi is definitely one of those guys that pays off for you, and we saw this last year. When you're getting into December, January, February, guys are a little worn down. They need a day, game or two off, mm -hmm. um, and you need those good guys that you do not feel – like you're losing too much by putting them into the starting lineup. Like it's not a significant drop. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what, and if Josh Akogi can hit that corner three, um, like he showed a couple games last year where he had phenomenal outings from corner. Uh, I think that's, that's what's going to take this team over the edge, um, you know, and give him really the, the, the advantage to possibly even, I don't think he's going to start because I, I just feel like with, with Bradley Beal, KD, and um and book i don't feel really feel like he would be that fourth star or that fifth starter mm -hmm. I, I just i can't see it in my head mm. maybe i'm wrong but that's just the way i'm looking at it but off the bench a million percent i think josh kogi is going to have a huge role yeah it, it's going to be interesting because if you do start josh kogi obviously you're a little bit undersized in terms of height in terms of length you're still good because he Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, they both all have really solid wingspans. Um, they do need that point of attack defender so that Beal or Booker is not having to take, you know, a John Morant or a Steph Curry on a nightly basis. But it'll be interesting to see if that comes down to him or if KBD is able to handle that assignment. A lot of people are pretty high on his switchability. Um, but yeah, he shot a career high 33.5% from three last year, which is not a great number, but it's, you know, 4% higher than what his previous career high was. Um, so if he can just be like 35, 36% even and knock down corner threes the way that he wasn't able to against the Nuggets, like yeah. that alone would be huge. Even just making two or three of the six that he attempted against the Nuggets could have made a difference. Yeah. Again, I, th I think when you're talking about a team like the Nuggets, right, and the, the thing that was so egregious on the Suns' part was the guys in the corners couldn't hit them uh, significantly enough mm -hmm. to just make them a threat right to make sure that the defense was playing honest instead of you know cheating over to KD or book to try and help you know and that's that was the biggest flaw in the Suns uh, armor last year and I think I think as they move forward if they can get 
higher production for guys like Josh Kogi, who know that they have to produce at a higher level. I mean, there's no way you can go back day after day after day and watch the, the losses and not see, like, damn, I really let the team down in this regard, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, defensively, no issues. Uh, you can only do so much against that team. But offensively, you could have made a lot more progress, and that, that was just the guys that had hot streaks throughout the season – they all went cold, mm-hmm. uh, except for Landry Shamit in that one game, yeah. and that's it. And unfortunately, when you're playing a team like the Nuggets, that's just not good enough. And hopefully they can avoid that this year, um, you know, because we need them to. We need them to win a championship this year. So Yeah, and that's that's one of the reasons why when people say that they're not as high on the Suns offseason, I'm kind of confused by it because it does feel like they addressed a lot of – they saw what happened in that Nuggets series, yeah. and they went out and addressed those things. To your point on the corner three-point shooting, like – the team was 13 for 58 overall in that Nugget series from the corners, which is supposed to be the most efficient spot on the floor, and that's 22%. Shooting. It's supposed to be the easiest shot yeah. on the floor. So, like, Akogi was 0 for 6, Terrence Ross 1 for 10, Torrey Craig 1 for 6, TJ Warren 1 for 6, KD 0 for 4, Campaign 3 for 9, Damian Lee 1 for 4 because he barely got any run. Like, those are bad numbers, and, and they address that by bringing Damian Lee back, who was one of the best, I think, one of the top five th- corner three-point shooters and Yuta, who was another top five corner guy. So hopefully it's going to be better this year with more threats on the floor, more reliable threats. Um, and hopefully a is able to add himself into that conversation. Yeah, hopefully um, the homies at Burrito Express uh, want to give you some love. And all you got to do is follow them on Twitter. Uh, go to Burrito Express. They have some of the best burritos in the game. Check it out. It's phenomenal. Angel does a great job running that whole organization. They got multiple spots around the valley. Uh, the U, the Tempe one's probably the most popular. I go to the one out there in Gilbert, uh, but they're both elites. You should check them out. Burrito Express. Go to any of their locations uh, and uh, enjoy because it's some of the best burritos you're going to have. They do breakfast. They do regular. Like, get it all. The green chili burrito, by the way, top notch. Yep. Uh, also, PHNX. This is where we're at. You should check us out. Come to the website. We actually got a pretty new uh, uh, locker. I did not realize this. Oh, really? I actually, our CEO and I had a conversation today. He's like, how do you like that locker layout? And I was like, I have not looked at it. My bad. <laughs> I didn't know. So I took a look at it, and it is clean as hell. Yeah. It is really nice, uh, easy to use. Uh, you'll also save 10% just by going to the locker today. You can check it out at P, uh, the phnxlocker.com or go to gophnx. Get yourself a little diehard uh, membership. And if you do that, you get a free T-shirt right off the bat. It's It basically pays for itself with all the discounts you get for all our takeover events, the merch. You get 20% off of all our gear no matter what. Like, it pays for itself over, I mean, basically the first time you use it. So check it out. Go phnx.com. We got so many things coming up. Football season's coming up. We got travel stuff going off in Seattle for the football season. We have another D-backs takeover coming up. Like, it's just, it's going to be phenomenal. So you should definitely check that out. Go phnx.com. I can't say it any more than five times like I have, okay? <laughs> Um, real quick before we before we get to the next topic, um, I do want to get your overall thoughts about summer league mm-hmm. and and wrapping that up. Uh, I thought summer league this year myself was was really 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 good. Like mm-hmm. not just because we got hooked up at Circa and the people there and um, you know Shady Rays was was giving us all types of love, um, but it just the overall vibe. I thought summer league was as energetic as it always has been. Mm-hmm. And it's just so much fun to watch. What were your ultimate takeaways from the event? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of one of those experiences that's surreal because you look around and you're like, we are recording a show talking about 
Phoenix Suns basketball at a cabana with a giant like TV behind us (laughs) in Vegas. Like it, it was just unbelievable. Um, and it was really cool being able to connect with a lot of people that work for the Suns without that Robert Sarver cloud hanging overhead. Man, yes. Um, because you get to see people in a new environment, obviously being in Vegas, but just in a new environment in terms of the excitement over Ishbia and the way that things are going to be done moving forward um, and the optimism about how good this team can be. There was a real buzz whenever I was just talking to whether it was um, you know Frank Vogel or players or people that just work within the organization, like they're all excited about yeah. what this could be, the talent that they're attracting, the fact that Phoenix is finally seen as the destination that it should be. Uh, we've been dealing with Californians moving here for years, and now NBA players <laughs> all over the place are coming here to do the same thing. So yeah. it's really cool, um, and I, I love getting to meet people that you you know but don't really know, mm-hmm. and seeing them in such a lax and comfortable environment with hoops going on in the background like you can't ask for more than that i mean if you're if you're a hoop head like you got to go to summer league Mm -hmm. because you can literally watch about four or five games a day you can switch between gyms and see you know those key players that you want to take a look at that you might not be able to get a chance to see in the regular season because you know with load management nowadays who knows who's going to play right (laughs) so I, i think that was awesome also like my biggest takeaway as well you mentioned the phoenix suns and their organization i I could not hear enough great things said about Josh Bartlestein mm. and how brilliant he is. I'm really interested to see how this is all going to transpire or play out in the next couple of years and with him uh, running uh, the, the operation side of things. I, 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 just, I just heard so much about him. And without being in the building and really knowing what he does on a day-to-day basis, mm. um, for, for people to go out of their way and, and talk about him, I thought was significant. Um, you know, they're making moves over there and they have a, a tremendous organization. We've known a lot of those people, to your point, behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And um, I think there was there was kind of a wall built a little bit to, you know, in terms of how they could interact with with people, um, whether it was spoken about or just kind of, you know, they just kind of took that on by nature. Right. Um, it just felt different this year. Man, it was awesome to, to really get to know some of those people. They do such great work. They work hard. Um, and to, for them to start to get some of that love in return. And the other thing I will say is, is I did talk to a, a specific person in the organization. And they talk so much about getting the community back involved with Suns basketball. Yeah, And I just, a million percent. We talk about community here at PHNX all the time. And I thought what they were talking about in terms of trying to get that, that back. You know, I brought up... Uh, several years ago, I want to say four or five years ago, um, for whatever reason, their social media account just like eliminated like hundreds of people that had been that got a follow from the Suns account. Right. And people were upset mm-hmm. because, you know, like when you get a follow from the Suns, that's a big deal. Right. You feel right. happy about that. And uh, people were upset. And, you know, that was part of the aspect that we were talking about. And they're they're looking to bring that back, right? Mm-hmm. They're looking to to really embrace the community, and um, they want to be more involved in it, more than just on the superficial. Like we have this night or this night kind of level. Right. They want to they want to get more people involved in the organization out and about, and so that is encouraging as hell. Yeah, no, it is. And to, it's kind of funny you mentioned that because I was one of those people. I covered the team. Yeah, <laughs> so right. It was like, oh, did you ever get a follow back? No. Oh yeah. Oh man. But Come on. 
you know, to put See. a word out there, like, come on, guys. <laughs> no, they probably got me on some Twitter list or whatever. But um, <laughs> no, it, I, I agree with you on that. The the two points you made, like Josh, seem he's a really personable guy from our yeah. interactions that we were able to have with him in Vegas. Everybody's super high on him and how he's able to, he's connected, how he's able to relate to people, um, how young he is. Um, and then, like, they are really committed to bringing Suns basketball and making it the premier sport here in Arizona, which, I mean, this is already a Suns town, um, but, you know, the whole TV rights thing that they're fighting for right now to be able to broadcast it to, you know, triple the amount of people that they already are, mm -hmm. um, that's going to be really exciting when that finally breaks through. So um, I'm excited for the Suns and for Suns fans because this is this is the best time to be a Suns fan they're all in right now. Mm -hmm. um, and, they, they, you know, we can talk about the fact that they've only got like a two to three year window or whatever with this current group. But, man, if you're not excited about what they're building here and what they've got on and off the court, I don't know what to tell you because this is this is great stuff that we're getting to witness. And it's night and day from when I first started covering the team. <laughs> Literally. My first year was the 19-win season, so it <laughs> yeah. definitely is night and day <clears throat> from that point. Um, Shady Rays is one of the best, uh, you know, lenses in the game. You got to check them out. You saw us wearing them all weekend. Uh, we're sober now, and when there's no pain in these eyes, so we didn't have to put them on today. But, uh, you know, I had thought about it, though. Uh, it's they're fantastic again they're comfortable uh, they have the polarized lenses uh, which sometimes can mess with your phone mm. which I found that out the hard way uh, but they're still cool and you can always just prop them down to take a look at it whenever you need uh, they have a they also have a shop out at Kierlin Commons that you can just physically walk in and take a look at all the different styles that they have put them all on test them out uh, but for you folks we, exclusively for our listeners, uh, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use promo code PHNX for 50% off of two or more pairs of sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. They feel good. They look good. Mm -hmm. And you'll be styling if you just put them on. Um, and also, you know, you know, we have our last... Friday, Wednesday of the of the month coming up here in a couple of weeks at Four Peaks. You should wear your Shady Rays while you're out there because we won't be outside, but you'll still look cool indoors. And you can check out all the different flavors of beer that they have. My favorite is obviously the Tea Shot. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a green tea mix, and it's just, man, it goes down so smooth. You'll check it out. Go to Four Peaks. Uh, their, their pub on the 8th Street is fantastic. The Chicken Tendies are the hit usually, but they have seasonal items as well. That's why I like to go once a month just to see what's new on the menu. Uh, you're a big foodie. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you can appreciate that. Mm -hmm. So uh, check it out. Go to Four Peaks. Remember, you must be 21 or over to enjoy, and please enjoy responsibly. All right, folks. Well, um, I forgot the last segment. My bad. Well, we I got the uh, we got the new rules. Oh yeah, yeah, new rules. Let's talk about new rules. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I kind of got a little distracted there. Uh, we talked about the um, we did talk about the uh, the new rules, but before that, uh, there were some other things that I got completely off topic. There we go. Mm -hmm. New rules. Let's talk about the new rules. All right. <laughs> so uh, one of the things that came out there was a tweet by Shams. As these new rules to approve for this year, the 2023-24 season per sources, in-game penalty for flops resulting in a technical foul free throw, and then everybody that uh, will get a second coach's challenge awarded if the first one 
is successful. Mm-hmm. That second one to me feels like it should have been like at the onset of right. the, the I mean, I don't understand why you wouldn't have, you know, multiple challenges if you keep getting them right. It's not your fault the officials suck. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so um I'm very happy to see that. The flopping one, I'm very interested to see how they're going to enforce that. Mm-hmm. They tried a little bit of that before in the college game. Um they still do. Uh and they have this as their signal for um for flopping, <laughs> which I don't get at all i kind of want them to just reenact the flop like <laughs> foul <laughs> freak, freak out a little bit i would do love the, to see d- an official do that do the dylan brooks yeah when he was at oregon just that'd <laughs> just be awesome the deck yeah um no i, I i'm kind of surprised the getting a second challenge if your first one is successful wasn't implemented from the start i know a lot of coaches one of their biggest issue with using their challenges was Okay, if there's a blatantly bad call and I have to waste my challenge on this to get this overturned, like, will I need it later on if it's a close game? Do I have to use it now? Um, Monty repeatedly complained about, like, if they would have just gotten the call right, I wouldn't have had to use my challenge on that and could have saved it for this instance or whatever. Um, So that's a a great change. Totally makes sense, Um, especially when we've seen the caliber of officiating over the last few years the way that it's been. The flopping one I'm interested about, I think it's a good idea. The execution is going to be everything because every Mm -hmm. year heading into the season, there's like one or two new points of emphasis for officials to focus on. And we see it like super strong the first couple weeks of the season. And then by January, it's like totally forgotten. Like there was, I think it was last year or the year before they were like, okay, we're going to, we're not going to reward um, you know, jump shooters that flop or we're, we're going to, you know, like the James Harden, like carry through, swing through that kind of stuff. We're going to allow more contact. We're not going to reward offensive players for foul baiting as much. And the first couple of weeks of the season, it was like rugby out there. Like it was mm-hmm. so physical. There was so much contact. And then by December, it was the same shit as far as like giving the offensive player so many foul baiting advantages. So I like this idea. But a lot of times flops are more obvious on the replay and they miss them in real time. So I am curious how they're going to do with enforcing this rule. Yeah, that that's very tricky. It's because it, it, like you said, in real time, sometimes it looks real and you're mm. like, yeah, that's a flop. That's not a flop. Right. And then other times you're like, yeah, that was clearly a flop. So mm. um, I think guys like, for instance, you, I keep looking back at, um, the one LeBron James clip where he's playing against the Pacers and, and he throws up the shot and nobody is within like three feet of him. Yeah. And he gets he acts like he gets hit and mm. they call a foul. Right. I and mean, I'm like, first of all, is that challengeable? Second, is that isn't that a flop? Right. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and I feel like the 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 challenge rules, first of all, should absolutely apply to fouls mm. uh, in my in my estimation. You know, like um, I know sometimes they review uh, flagrant fouls uh, and and such, but I'm talking about like when clearly in that mo- moment that was not a that was a flop that mm-hmm. was a million percent a flop. So I I, w- I wonder if not only can they challenge that, but can they also go and award a technical foul for a flop? Because right. then you get two for one, right? And that would be even better, right? Are they like intermixed at all? How does that work? I, I am curious about that, and it, it's tough because sometimes, like I said on replay, like you think a guy flopped in real time and then you realize oh no he kind of got hit in the face and yeah in slow motion it looks worse as far as like the delayed reaction but 
in real life, if you get hit in the face like that in the middle of a game and you're not expecting it, it does probably take you a second to react like, oh, shit, I just got hit in the mouth. So I'm, I'm really curious how they're going to enforce this. Um, it's definitely going to lead to a surge in people talking about flopping, which I feel like is the the exact opposite of what this rule is trying to ultimately yeah, accomplish. Yeah. But um, yeah, it is time for the NBA to crack down on this thing because it has gotten worse over the last probably five to 10 years. Yeah. It's like significantly so. Um, and I'm just tired of all the foul baiting and all the acting and the flopping like just get back to playing real basketball i don't i don't need the gimmicks behind it yeah you know i was when we were watching summer league um i, I i've i've sat close to watch games before mm -hmm. um and then watching the summer league games the summer league games were far more physical yeah. in my opinion mm -hmm. like there was a lot of dudes getting slapped at the rim um <laughs> and a lot a lot of calls not not the whistle was not being blown a lot i would like very much if that was representative in an NBA game. Um, you know, guys, listen, pros understand how to try to bait the officials into a call. Um, but one of the things that I do not like is just the constant whining and crying of the player to the official every single time down the court. You know, the first thing I think of is, mm. isn't that fucking exhausting? <laughs> like to constantly complain yeah. over and over. It's like, dude, just play, <laughs> dude, just play. Uh, and so I hope... I hope that this has an impact, but I I am fearful that this will only be uh, like a like a, people are saying in the chat like a ten game kind of like we're gonna enforce this we're gonna enforce this and then that's it yeah that's that's what I'm guessing it probably is gonna be and then next year we'll get a renewed focus on some specific aspect of it um, and I also don't want it to be one of those situations where we're constantly checking the monitors to review if it was a flop or if it was an actual yeah. foul because that's just going to slow the game down even further, which we know we need to like streamline reviews. I, I don't understand why they take so long. Like that's still a huge issue to me. And I would like it to be like, if, if it goes to a review, the third party that is not present should be the one determining whether it was a foul. It should not be the person that called the foul being like, well, did I do, did I fuck up or did I do it yeah. right? Like, cause there's a pride element to that. And like, eh, yeah, I, I, I think I got it right. Yeah. I would prefer, a non-biased party from like New Jersey or whatever that has access to all the angles and the replays to do that. It would streamline it so much. I don't know why we don't do that as it is, but hopefully that's for next year. That would, that would make it too easy, Gerald. Yeah. Why would we want to do that? Well, we well. like, we like, listen, NBA Twitter likes to complain a lot. So that's true. We want to give them something to complain about. There that is go. true. There always has to be something. Always something about, always something like for instance, today, everybody come listen. I posted today <laughs> that James Harden was not coming to Phoenix. Like mm -hmm. I was just like, I was just not positive that was going to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, somebody came at me and said, looks like you're not in the know then. And I'm like, <laughs> know of what and you are like yeah. i don't get this what <laughs> I, I just i listen i again like the lakers thing you said earlier was pinpoint and uh hey we're not gonna get everybody folks i'm sorry this is not gonna happen we're not gonna get pg we're not gonna get harden all five of the guys that we all the three guys that we have the mm. superstars adding two more superstars to them to have basically what would equate to an Olympic team. Right. <laughs> uh, it's just not going to happen. There's not enough money to go around for all those dudes. So yes. let's just pump the brakes, please. And, and we, were, we were totally wrong on the Bradley Beal thing, but it was for percent. a very different reason because we miscalculated, A, how much power that no trade clause gave him, and B, how much he wanted to be in Phoenix. Yeah. Because yeah. if he wanted to be in Miami or somewhere else, we're not even having this conversation. Yep. 
This is different. With James Harden, Paul George, you no longer really have the trade assets to pull that off. Yeah. Like, I'm, I just don't see the Sixers being like, yeah, give us DA when we have an MVP who plays that same position and campaign and three-second rounders. Like, obviously, there's talks like, it, oh, it would have to be a third, a three-team trade. But I, I'm sorry. I just I don't see it at this point. Yeah, in time. we have a super chat. Mm-hmm. by libertarian sasquatch okay. uh i think flopping is more associated with certain players star uh play style yeah a million percent i think there's a couple people out there <clears throat> uh king james and uh you know hey listen hopefully the, that is the difficulty if mm-hmm. you're gonna do this you gotta do it right you can't you can't just sit there and let lebron get away with all the flopping in the world and then call you know freaking Joe Blow off the bench every single time he makes a move. Like, that just that just ain't going to happen. Right. And a multi-team trade isn't going to happen there, genius Black Sunday. Come on, man. We literally just said the three-team trade, but good luck with that. Yeah, um, yeah I, I feel like the refs, when they're looking at flops, like, you don't want them to be prejudicial in, like, judging certain players differently, but you do need to have the officials aware of certain players' tendencies because, like, a Marcus Smart or a LeBron James, or a James Harden, they will require a little bit more homework than your average guy coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. So, like, I hope that they are also looking into these tendencies because I know that, like, with the rip-through for Chris Paul and James Harden, those were the guys that they were looking at when they were making these rules. So hopefully they're able to do something similar with the flopping stuff without it, you know, rising to the occasion of we're we're judging players by different standards. Yeah, for sure. Well, if you like this, uh, I'm sorry. You probably don't love us too much, but hey, here we are <laughs> trying to do our best today. And uh, you can follow us at Gerald Borgay at Twitter. You can follow me at Saul underscore Bookman. And if you like all of our content behind the scenes, guess what? We have a little treat for you right now. It's uh, some of our summer league behind the scenes stuff, our vlog. So enjoy. <laughs>